Welcome to the Vic Tipness Podcast. If you're listening to this, maybe there's something inside of you that's yearning to create a better life for yourself. Follow along as Vic shares his story and the exact practical ways he went from having just $78 in the bank to becoming a multi-million dollar entrepreneur. People should hear this right here, right now, because when you're trying to make this group or this brand or this record label or this group of people, sometimes those people, all what, what their own true agendas are, are going to cripple what you're trying to do because you're trying to say we're going to all form this together and this person wants to really do this. This person wants to really do this. None of them can stick together even long enough for the to work. I do this shit. So guys, I want to want to introduce you to uh, not only just he's an amazing guy. He's a good friend of mine. He's a TikTok sensation. He's Instagram. He's everywhere. Streaming songs on uh, all the all the um digital all the stores. digital platforms and everything and a couple and songs in the top 10 lately one number three on the itunes charts there you go and he's a big giving guy he's got a big heart so i asked him to come by the studio today for the vic tipness show and talk about you know his a little bit about his story the guy's got an amazing story um he's definitely a inspirational guy because of what he's gone through um you know he shared with me kind of his real intimate details about his life and struggles and things that he's had to overcome, which, you know, I, I don't meet many cats that have gone through as many things as, as he's gone through. Today, I'm, I'm really honored and grateful for you to be on the show. Thank and, you very much. Tell I'm, your story, man. So I definitely feel blessed to be here, my brother. I appreciate all the positive things you just said about me. Of course. You left out all the bad shit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he also said, I swallowed too much drugs. On the videotape. Yeah. And then they tested him and he had fentanyl in his system. So the man said on tape that he swallowed too much drugs, he don't feel good. He said that on they recorded him saying that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then when they did the autopsy, they found out they had massive fentanyl in his yeah, system. Yeah. So they said the cause of death on the autopsy was fentanyl. But Kanye West stated that he died from fentanyl. You know what I'm saying? Now, now, now he, he also said the cop didn't have his knee on his neck. I mean, he definitely had his knee on his neck, and it definitely was very hard. I think he said a statement, but I think he, he uh, underplayed something very major, which was he did have the knee on his neck, but he also kept it real that the autopsy report said he died of fentanyl. And y'all familiar with that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The autopsy report says that the man died of fentanyl. So I think where Kanye went wrong at was he was trying to basically say that George Floyd died of fentanyl, which the autopsy says that, you know what I'm saying? But he, he messed up when he said... That it wasn't the knee wasn't even on his neck. Yeah, no, that, that was it. That then he got discredited. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he he yeah. said one true statement, but he falsely said another statement. You know what I'm saying? And I like Kanye West, but I mean, that was a little harsh to say his the knee wasn't on his neck. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But does he deserve to get his bank account canceled? And he got his bank account canceled, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Chase Chase, 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 Chase dropped him. Dropped him. Wants him to take his money out. Does he deserve? For Balenciaga to drop him, does he deserve for uh, who else? What else happened? George Floyd family suing him again. How much yeah, money are they going to make? Two hundred fifty million. How much money are they going to make off George Floyd? I yeah, know exactly. It's true. <laughs> okay, honestly, I don't remember last time, but you were talking about like obviously giving back and stuff, and like the whole greatness movement. Like, how yeah. did that even start? I have been I've been giving back to people and been helping people out for a long time. You know, saying when I was even in the streets hustling before I became you know, all the way legal and legitimate, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I always gave back, bought families that needed food, food, uh, gave people money that needed money in my neighborhood or anywhere I've been, even, you know, random people that I see. So all I did really for the greatness movement was I started actually taping it and uh, putting videos out there, you know what I'm saying? When did you start doing that? Uh, five months ago, maybe. That's recent. Yeah. And then you blew up to like 1.8 million on TikTok. Yeah, very quickly, yes. Wow. Because people are so um, used to everybody being an asshole and nobody caring at all about people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and you got not, 393 million views. Yeah, something like that. I got like 3 million views. I, mean, I don't even, I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch up to you, man. Bro, you, you're doing big, big things, man. <laughs> I think uh, one of the things that makes uh, what I'm doing very successful is because not only are people uh, not used to, People just being nice and caring, you know what I'm saying? They're also definitely not expecting it to be a big tattooed face 
yeah. guy who talks like I yeah, talk yeah. with teardrop tattoos and things like that. Yeah. Usually, unfortunately, you know, in this world, everybody's stereotypical, stereotypical you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? So a lot of times when people see me, automatically they think, like, they be a lot of people tell me this after they meet me and talk to me and stuff. They be like, hey, man, when I first seen you, I was, like, scared as fuck. Or I was intimidated or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And I'd be thinking, like, well, I, I don't mean to intimidate anyone in no way, shape, or form. But I think the fact that they see me as an intimidating figure, yeah, and then they see I'm really nice as hell to people yeah, as yeah. long as they respectful to me, yeah, it's even more, it adds more shock value to yeah. it. And I think that makes it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> So if you get some face tats and and uh, <laughs> a couple <of> teardrops, <laughs> your shit gonna go. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever. I don't think I'm. I'm bold enough. Now I'm just messing with to, you to man. do that. But you're doing I'm, big things as it is. You know what I'm saying. So so tell me about. So you know I, I find it interesting because in in today's in today's environment, right? They're like ten years ago. If somebody had a tattoo or dressed a certain way, it would be kind of unorthodox right, right like like even even for me like i like i would say maybe five years ago i would i would wear like a shirt and tie to work and today i don't i don't do that i couldn't even think with wearing a shirt and tie to work right, right, right. but my the point i'm the point i'm trying to make is and the question i have is society is changing at a very 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 fast yes. clip yeah. right to what was socially acceptable or not acceptable five years ago is now acceptable, yes. right? So in in your life, you know, like you said, people like you're you're this guy that's like giving at restaurants and the mall. We were walking around the mall, and you know, you're giving away money and all this type of stuff. Um, where where do you see like how how do you how quickly when somebody meets you does it take them to realize that you're just you're just not some regular cat? You know what I mean? Because a lot of people will judge you by by cover, right? Right, right. Which we all do, right? Everybody. So I think um, usually even before the greatness movement started, once I actually speak to people and talk to people, it don't take them long to, uh, you know, put the stereotypical judgments to the side. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But um, now, I mean, pretty much now, it's almost like everybody knows me. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Like, it's like people are looking at me like like I'm their family or something. They see me, they feel like they already know me. They want to give me a hug. They want to talk to me. They want to take pictures. And I think like it's, at this point, I don't really see no no stereotypes yeah, yeah. stuff no more. I'm riding down the street and people are like, "Great!" I'm I'm on the highway and yeah. people are pulling up like, "Greatness!" Yeah, Greatness. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to a business meeting the other day and somebody was trying to invest in uh in greatness. Like, as a guy, he offered me uh, two million dollars for me to give him forty uh, percent of the just this whole idea. And I said no or whatever. But as the meeting was happening, it was it couldn't have been, it couldn't have went better. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We walk into the restaurant on the way into the restaurant, 10, 15 people, greatness, greatness, picture, 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 picture. Then we get into the restaurant, and um, as we're in the restaurant. Uh, every, every the waiters and yeah, stuff yeah. like greatness, greatness, and then people are walking. At this up. point, a lot of the wait waiters yeah. are like, "Hit payday, yeah. payday!" Just walked in. Facts, facts. People are walking by like greatness, 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 and this guy's getting more and more impressed as we talk. Yeah. And then the end of the meeting comes, and it's time to pay. Right. Waiter walks up, and I'm like, I'm like, you can bring the bill. He's like, Well, those people over there already paid for you, greatness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was just, it was like, it was like perfect. Well, so a lot of that, so. Tell let's 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 talk to the you know I like to a lot of a lot of the a lot of the kids that are watching yeah. that me on TikTok right I have, yeah. I have a lot of young guys watching me on TikTok um, talk to me about like branding so so here you were for example this guy wants to invest in your in you and your brand yeah. right so you guys go to a restaurant yeah. you walk in the restaurant and people are are saying hey greatness 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 brand recognition not only <laughs> brand recognition. But in front of the other guy's eyes, yeah. your stock just went up. Facts. It was perfect. Right? So perfect. if the guy's saying, hey, I'm going to give you $2 million, yeah. now it just went up to two and a half, maybe two and three quarters, or maybe even three. Well, I think before he was right? he was trying to lowball me, and I think two was what he could do. But I'm not. Yeah. I want a lot more than that. But my, so. point, my point is, though, is that you, you, you in, in, a, in a short amount of time, you got this immediate, immediate, bang for your buck. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so, so tell, 
you know, how important to the 20 year old, the 25 year old that's watching this show is branding and, and, and should they go all in on their branding? So I think, um, basically what this greatness thing is, is it's a movement. I've, I've been able to make a movement and I've created a brand. So, you know, there's the difference. A brand is, uh, something that you're, um, I mean, you have both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have both. So a brand is something that, you know, you make your brand mm-hmm. greatness. It's something that you, it represents you, you know what I'm saying? A movement is something that people are, um, how you say, like uh, extreme about. Yeah, uh, which is what I'm doing with the Rise event, right? Facts, That's a facts. movement. Yeah, something yeah. that people are extreme yeah. about, they're behind, they're emotional about, they want to push, you know what I'm saying? So so when, you have a, when, you, when you're able to create a movement and a brand, the movement is going to support the brand no matter what, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, the way that this all came into play, I wouldn't have it no other way. I have a movement and a brand, and the movement's backing up the brand, and then it's causing other people to – Get familiar with the brand, mm-hmm. you know. So why should why should a twenty five year old kid or focus on building the brand? Yeah, let's let's the movement is secondary, secondary right? Facts, yeah, so yeah. so why should they why should they invest in the brand? And, and where where so, would you start? Where would you start? Twenty one year old kids watching this TikTok, he doesn't know hell from you know a handbasket. What what does he do? How important is a brand to him? How you know what I mean? Like because I'm trying to preach about that every day. I'm yeah, like, yeah, guys, yeah. you got to invest in so, your brand. So all right, so. There's people out here that try to get rich or they do get rich off other people's names or yeah. something like yeah. that. Like they'll see something that's doing good and they'll start representing that. And they sometimes make money off of that, but there's nothing that's going to beat you making your own uh-huh. brand and your own thing because um, it's, it's original. It's your own. It's something that you can stand on. It's something that you're going to make a majority of the money off. It's, I think it's, I think it's the most important thing to build your own brand or your own company or whatever you're going to do. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes things don't happen overnight. And uh, sometimes things take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had multiple businesses and still do that are outside of the greatness uh brand or whatever. And I ain't going to lie. I tried to build a brand like this 15 different times, you know what really? I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, when I just did this one, it was just the, it just the way I did it. It just finally just blew up. It was perfect timing, perfect scenario, perfect. So how long, how long have you been working on your brand? Well, I worked on brands, several different brands and none of them. But like your those, brand, this one, you, great, you, yeah. Great, Cause self? greatness is you, yeah. right? That's you and your brand. Greatness, this brand right here, this is what I'm trying to tell you right now. Overnight success don't happen overnight. You there's know, nothing, that? there's nothing overnight. Yeah. So this is new. Within the last four or five months, but all the mistakes I made prior, <laughs> yeah, 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 to this is what made me have the ability to do this right. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, I mean, I'm not trying to discourage anyone, or I'm trying to only encourage people. I'm just gonna tell you if you want to do something. I mean, Vic knows as well because he's spoken to me. He had a a, a rough uh, beginning with all of this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he stuck to it and now he's got the millions. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's the same thing with me. You know what I'm saying? I, I made it. I mean, I had to stick to certain things for them to work. You know, I made investments where uh, like 10 years ago, I made a, a certain investment in the company where I put a million dollars down on the company and it ain't make nothing for three years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, you know, eventually it started to make money and I've, I've built businesses that tanked, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just, I would tell any young person this about sticking to stuff. There's no miracle. You ain't going to just decide tomorrow you're going to do something. It's mm-hmm. just going to happen tomorrow. You, yeah. You're going to have to go through life. You know, some people get lucky. But the only way that you will win, no matter what, is if you don't quit. You know what I'm saying? If you keep, yeah, if you quit. Or if Absolutely. you decide, oh, I'm done trying to make a brand or I'm done trying to make a business, well, you're going to be a worker then. Yeah, exactly. Look, I mean, I think, you know, if if – like you're going to work for someone, not yourself. Yeah. And the, here's the thing, man. Like I, there, I, I was telling somebody yesterday, right? Not everybody's an entrepreneur. Right. Okay. And not everybody's a brand builder. True. Okay. Now, cause if it, if it was, if, the, if that were true, everybody would do it. That's okay. True. But it's not It's like running, running a successful business. Okay. Right. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Very right. True. There's this, there's this idea and this is actually something that I'm, I'm actually working on kind of in, in the lab, right, is there's this idea with people that it's like, okay, you got to be this entrepreneur and you got to be, you got to have this brand, you got to do all this stuff, right? That's one way to go about it, okay? One way to go about it. Right. The other way to go about it 
is that you attach yourself to a brand or to a entrepreneur right. and you and you flow power and you flow admiration and help to that person and you help lift them up, which will then only benefit you, right? I so think a lot of people do that with Donald Trump. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like no no one no one just becomes successful with with this I mentality, right? right. Like like you haven't become successful with this I mentality. I haven't right. become successful with this I mentality. It was, it was big a lot of team, a lot of I had a lot of partners. The greatness thing is a I thing, you know what I'm saying? I mean mm-hmm. it's for the people, but I I, I came up with it and I, I believe that if whether somebody get on board or not, it don't even matter. I, it's going to, it's going to go all the way there. Yeah. It was going to go because you, <laughs> you, you know, you have but, your own personal conviction, right? It took, it took something to get there, you know, so it took like the right, all the, it took all the, all of the things that I've done wrong with trying to build any type of thing I've did ever. I applied to the greatness thing and didn't do none of that shit. Mm. And I only did the right. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So I had record labels before. I still have a record label. It's not it's not nothing that's that I have branded or nothing yeah. like that. But I have multiple artists on a record label. I have a distribution deal with Empire. I don't know if you heard of them. I have multiple rec- uh, artists on there. A lot of those artists make thousands and thousands of dollars for me, but it's not really no brand. You know what I'm saying? I tried to brand it out, you know what I'm saying? But that didn't work. So I just let each person go their own way. Yeah. I got another label that has some people on it and I tried to brand that out. This didn't quite work. I'm going to be honest. Anytime... And, and see, this is kind of the opposite of what you're saying, but it only works. It just, just depends who it works for and who it don't work for. Yeah. Anytime I tried to brand out a group of people, it failed. And yeah, the only time works. I branded out my own self, it yeah, finally yeah. worked. It never worked. So it was like, cause I tried to trust in these people, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you like take these people and I ain't saying that everyone's like this, but people should hear this right here, right now. Cause when you're trying to make this group or this brand or this record label or this group of people. Sometimes those people all what their, what their own true agendas are, are going to cripple what you're trying to do. Cause you're trying to say, we're going to all form this together. And this person wants to really do this. This person wants to really do this. None of them can stick together even long enough for the shit to work. Mm-hmm. So that's any brand that I tried to build. That's where it went wrong. at. And when mm-hmm. I put my trust in only myself, boom, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's believing but, in yourself, but that's right? That's not like, but with you and what you and what and like things that you do, I know how you. I like from watching you and hearing you talk. I know what you build. You build. You build this company, and you get the reliable people, and you make sure you know that this is the right person. That's the right person. Enterprise, and you, yeah, that's yeah. what you're talking about. And I've had to do that with a different business that I had, but it wasn't about a brand of like, hey, this is our name recognition brand. Buy this because of this name. It was like we do a service. We paint cars. <laughs> we yeah. electronic coat cars. It don't gotta be rep this this yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. paint brand. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've been I know about having to get the right people. But when you're trying to make like a brand that somebody wants to buy because of the image of the brand or what it represents, I've tried that for like four or five times. Yeah, and every time it involved multiple people, it doesn't work. It didn't yeah, work. you it can't only build a group. I, you gotta build I a band. Yeah. When I involve myself, I mean, it I mean, worked with the Jackson Five, but. You know, but you see what happened. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One man yeah. emerged. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One exactly. man emerged. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Why don't we ask some questions for? Because what I want to do is I want to try to extract. I think him, that right I mean, there was some good shit though, because there's all these people confused, thinking that they're supposed to do that. Yeah, they're thinking they're supposed to get their friends together and make this fucking brand, and then it flops because everyone's a fucking secret hater. Yeah, no, you, yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. You can't. I do think that. that was good, but what, yeah. I actually have a question. Let's so go. One thing, that, one thing that's different and that I notice about you is that your inherent goodness it, at the very kernel and core yeah. of your mission and your objective, it promotes your success and what you do. And I, I personally believe that that is a huge factor to success. I notice it, notice it with Vic also. And I'd like to know your thoughts, what you would like to tell the younger generation coming along about that. Well, I think that inherent goodness, like the word you just said, um, it's something that's undeniable, you know what I'm saying? So, so like one thing, and this, like with the greatness, uh, the real greatness on TikTok, that page or whatever, you, you'll see that 99% of every comment out of millions of comments is all positive. Well, th- this like that because, like you said, you notice the, the, the goodness, the genuineness of it. You know what I'm saying? So when you look at a lot of pages on the Internet or a lot of things, you'll see 
Um, people like fuck you. You people will just choose to hate you, ugly motherfucker. Yeah. You fat fuck. You da da da. You da da da. They'll just say anything yeah. to just take you down. Well, by people being able to relate to that, you'll get people behind you that are good people yeah. that don't want to hate, that want to support, that want to genuinely uh, rock with you. So to the younger generation, I think that it's important that you do be genuine, that you do be kind, that you do uh, let your light shine, that you do let people feel the love that you have inside and spread it outward towards the world. Because I mean, it's the right thing to do, but at the same time, it's going to get you much more than acting like an asshole all day and disrespecting people all day. You know what I'm saying? So I just go in the studio, put on a beat, and then whatever's on my mind that day, I just go with. I sent Vic a lot of songs that's off of my new album. I had a song. Yeah, I got. They were, they were fire. I have one song called White Nipsey. You know what I'm saying? And it's like uh, they say I'm the White Nipsey. Used to call me the white fitty, except I had to leave, couldn't do it in my city, had to spread my wings and fly. Haters want to clip my wings and let me die, just let me fly. They say I'm the white Nipsey, used to call me the white fitty, you know what I'm saying? And it's like basically saying like, uh, now they, they saying I'm like the white Nipsey hustle, I'm out here trying to spread knowledge and things. But I used to be the white 50, like the white 50 cent. Now I was robbing motherfuckers and, uh, fighting people and beating their asses and shit like that. But I changed my life, you know what I'm saying? And the song is pretty much about making a complete change from being considered like a white 50 cent to like a white nips. Well, saying? what changed for you? Because like, you know, I think, you know, I went, I was in the Bahamas, right? Yeah. Like, like two, a week ago. And nice. I went, I went down to, it was, it was, it was a sweet trip. We were on this yacht and we were, we were floating around all the different islands. Right. And, and we stopped at Pablo Escobar's Island. Dope. Right, big He's, ass house on there, right? Um, no, the house is not there, but it was the only island that had the landing strip. Mm. Right, so there was a plane that one of his uh, uh, drug runner guys filled with cocaine and filled it up in the Bahamas, and then was going to leave. And the guy was drunk, so when he left, the plane took off and then just immediately fell in the ocean. Fuck. Okay, so he left the plane there. In the ocean, I mean, the, the water was like, I don't know, 12 feet deep. Mm. And the plane is huge. Right. So, so we, we went, we, we, we took the boat over there and we snorkeled and I went down, oh, right, to, to the boat. No Maybe. blow left? There was, <laughs> not, there was nothing there that said fishies, okay? <laughs> so there was a bunch no of fish fish scale, there. Just fish scale? <laughs> just fish, right? Yeah. And uh, that's the boat. Big boat. I mean, it's a big plane, right? Got a lot of dope on there. I know them fish was high as fuck. Them bitches they were, were super high. Them motherfuckers was like, <laughs> a little bit. But but my it point was was was, was I think they was down there fish fucking <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of shenanigans. <laughs> that's the first. No, so that's crazy, man. But my point was here's my point. My point was is I think is it, when I was down there and I was kind of getting into this. This mindset, this Pablo Escobar, this Pablo mindset. Escobar mindset, <laughs> take over. I was thinking, like, man, it's actually got to be. It's harder to be a criminal than it is to be a legitimate businessman because yeah. you're trying to hide stuff all the time, right? right? And you, you're always wondering who's going to try to take you out, who's going to kill you, yeah. who's going to snitch on you. Where you're going to end up with the feds and all this other well, type of stuff. remember what I told you guys when we talked at the restaurant? I used to <laughs> This is what I used to tell every drug addict that I met. And this is way in the past. Way past seven years. You know what I'm saying? This is a long time ago. <laughs> I used to tell any drug addict I met, I would say, um, I'll say, look, I'm not trying to come at you like, a, like you're a bitch. First off, let me tell you that. Man to man or man to woman, whatever it was. You know what I'm saying? But if you ever... Tell on me, like, if you come to meet me and the police snatch me up, I'm not going to think it's a coincidence. I'm going to think you did it. So I'm going to fuck you up for that. You know what I'm saying? And it, and also, I write everyone's names down on this slip right here and what time they meet me at. You know what I'm saying? So if you ever make a undercover purchase for me from the cops or the feds or something, I'm just going to trace it back from wherever I'm at. I'm going to trace it back to this time and date. So if you ever tell on me, I'm going to I'm finna kill you. You feel me? Yeah, but see, but that's my point. <laughs> but my point is, what? isn't that harder than it, like it when hard. I go to a meeting? 
You don't got to say that. Bro, I ain't got to do none of that shit. I ain't got to do none of that shit. I mean, I'm like, I don't fucking so, know what time it was. But look, this, this, so, so, but I would be nice to, I would say, I would say, but on the other hand, that's just the bad part. But on the other hand, if you stay loyal to me and do your business with me, you know, when you're sick or son, you know, I'm going to look out, give you some free shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll make sure you're all right. Yeah. If you're loyal. And, uh, you know, think about this. I'm the type of guy that's going to help you out. I'm going to look out for you. But, you know, like, if you do get caught by the police or something, just tell on that dude down there, the one that spits on you and smacks you around and stuff, because I'm never going to do nothing like yeah. that to you. I'm only going to come at you if you do something to me. These guys are so disrespectful, even, like, like when I was in the drug game. And, like, I was never disrespectful to nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I wouldn't spit on a fiend or people would, like, spit on crackheads and smack them and, or heroin addicts or have them like suck their dog's dick or something for entertainment. You feel me? Sick shit. Wow. Unhuman, dehumanizing shit. You know what I'm saying? I treated everyone like a human being. I just told people like, I'm going to treat you like a human. I'm going to do you right. I'm going to give you respect. You know what I'm saying? But like, you going to, if you play me, it's a wrap. So I think the key to being a drug dealer, and I'm not that no more, and I'm not trying to tell no one to use these three things, but the key to being a drug dealer is to making people Love you, fear you, and respect you at the same time. If you can make someone do all three of those things at once, you can be a successful drug dealer. So <laughs> there you go, and that's how you become a successful drug dealer. But the it's funny hard thing to make people do well, those three the, things. The funny thing is, is that's I mean that's the same thing you need. Loving as, and fearing someone at the same time. Is no, hard. I know, but that's the same thing you need as a businessman. You need people to love you, fear you, and respect fear you, and respect you. I agree. Right? You you can't be a successful businessman. And people aren't scared to walk. Yeah, up. like I like I have a policy. This is this is some this is information right for you guys watching. I have a policy that if I never play defense, right? So um, if somebody violates an agreement with me, I'm I'm the first one to try to either call them and resolve it with them, right? Or I'm the first one that's gonna sue, right? Right? Okay. Number one. Number two. I always try my best to do the right thing. Okay. Um, and, and that's always my intention whenever I do business, whether it's hiring people or, or expansion or even firing people, I'm always trying to do the right thing by the business. Right. But then there's times because, you know, we're, we're the, we're the biggest company in our, in our sector. Right. So we get attacked a lot, yeah. you know, attacked by competitors. And when we get attacked by competitors, they make these cr these crazy lofty accusations that you know we're stealing their employees and we're we're doing doing bad things and we're trying to you know we're we're defaming them in the marketplace and right. blah blah blah. And so when they when they sue me, the first thing I get from the attorneys is, "Hey, we why don't you just settle it?" Oh. Right? And and I was like, "No." And they're like, "Why not?" And I said, "Dude, like here's the thing. Here's what I'm trying to do. I'm I'm not in this game." for the sprint i'm in this game for the marathon right, right, right. so i said i want to have a reputation in my in, in my industry and in my world that if you sue vic tipness he ain't gonna settle That's and i've never mean. and i've never settled a case Great. i've never ever settled a case and i've gone from How the many cases i mean i've many probably cases. been i'd say probably less than a dozen okay right I'm not talking about 50 cases, but uh, less, less than a dozen cases where competitors are always a competitor. It's always right. a competitor or some employee that did a shitty ass job and is just mad that they got fired. Uh, you did right? The right. You do the right. But thing. I've never settled. And I've gotten to the point where, you know, people had started off with this big number, like $2 million. We want $2 million to settle. I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to give you shit. And then they come I'll down to like, and they come down to, then they come down to a million. <laughs> and then from a million, they'll come down to half a million. And then they'll come down to to hundred thousand, and then they'll come down to forty thousand, and then the last one went, that went from two million down to forty, where well, they went away. They were like, "Okay, forget it. We're just gonna go." That's pitiful, though. You started at two million, now you down like two million, they, two million dollars, and, and then they went to zero. I'll settle for that Gucci coat, Vic. <laughs> right, it's a nice coat, right? <laughs> look, you went from two million to the Gucci coat, like. Just, well, no, look, but it's true. Just but the look, forty won't work. Can I just have the Gucci yeah, coat? Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's true. That's my point. Is 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 love, fear, and respect, and that's Period. the same thing in the business world. You can't operate in the business world and not be feared by your competitors. competitors. You just can't. You got to be loved by the people. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Respected, so people do business with you. Exactly. And God, to have that fear, I agree with you on that, my brother. How did you change your mindset from like what you were doing 
So I was there was a girl that I was with and uh she she had uh died from uh using heroin. So uh when this girl when this girl that I was with she died from uh like I said from using heroin, I didn't know that she was a heroin user or whatever. She was uh sneaking and doing drugs and things like that. And uh when when she, when I found out that she was doing heroin, I tried to like take her to like rehab centers and hospitals and things Isn't like that. Isn't heroin one of the most addictive or is that yeah. uh no, that's uh, meth, right? I would say heroin is the most, in my opinion, from what I've seen, I would say heroin is probably the worst drug. And um, so, like, but heroin changed, like, real quick, not to jump off topic, but I'm going to give you a quick how heroin changed. Heroin was uh, black tar, and this was, like, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, you know what I'm saying? And then heroin went from black tar, which was something that really not too many people OD'd and died from this, you know what I'm saying? It was just... It was just like they chop it up, snort it, or shoot it up, whatever. It was like taking medicine, you know what I'm saying? But it went from uh, it went from black tar. That was the in, name of in it. In the Midwest, it was black tar. Yeah, that's heroin. And uh, people would uh, mix it up with lactose, blend it up, cut it up, or whatever. It really didn't kill people, you know what I'm saying? But then it took a change 12 years ago from black tar back to back to China white, which is uh, an Asian version of heroin, right? Well, that's a stronger version of of um heroin so you use less of it it gets people higher so once the china white came back uh which was probably like 10 years ago every in the midwest anyways everybody started to use the china white you know what i'm saying so the china white was stronger but people weren't just dropping dead off of none of it until people started mixing it with fentanyl see fentanyl and heroin are different things you know what i'm saying people think they're using heroin and now they're using fentanyl mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so fentanyl when I was when I was uh, in the streets trapping or hustling or whatever the case. So fentanyl is heroin. Fentanyl is a is a imitation, uh, like factory made painkiller that people mix uh, with heroin so they can take a little bit of heroin, a lot of fake dust, and a little bit of fentanyl, and make something that cost them five six thousand dollars make thirty thousand dollars. But fentanyl is highly deadly. What happened was, what happened to the world, what happened to the uh, Midwest especially, is there was normal heroin, and then there was China White. China White really wasn't even that bad. You know what I'm saying? You could, it was like taking a taking a perk thirty if you did a little bit of it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> not that y'all know what that means or not. I don't know. These somebody watching this is gonna know what I'm talking about. So look, <laughs> but once fent once fentanyl became involved, and uh, China China will send people uh this much fentanyl for a thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? So once people got a hold of that, they started putting that and all the heroin, and that started dropping people like flies. You know, by the way, just to interject, you know China's policy on on drugs. You know why they don't have a drug problem in China? Death penalty. Mm. You de immediate death penalty. But they will send it to the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> you know that? It's an immediate, you, you death penalty. Yeah, they, they, don't have a, they don't have a drug problem. Crazy. They don't have a oxycodone, fentanyl, heroin, drug. Like, if you get caught trafficking drugs, you are, you're, you are put to death. That's crazy. So, long story short, uh, they started putting the fentanyl in it. And in in the last little part of my time when I was actually in the streets, people started to die, you know what I'm saying? Not from me, but people that was around me started to die. And it was because people ain't really cared. It was just greedy trying to get money. You know what I'm saying? Um, this girl that I was actually with that I was seeing, I actually had, I was actually in love with her. She was a, uh, somebody who believed in me. You know what I'm saying? Her name was Shalanda Horton. And, uh, so she had started. To Wait, do how long ago was that? This was like about nine years ago. So how old are you then? About 30. And this is when I completely stopped. Uh, doing anything illegal. I changed my entire life. So Shalanda, I had found out she was doing heroin and I had told her like, you have to stop um, doing heroin or I'm not messing with you no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, she was like, uh, basically like trying to, trying to stop saying she was, I put her in hotel rooms out of town to get her away from Toledo, Ohio. She just couldn't stop doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like it, that is like really makes you sick if you don't do it. Like once you start doing it, it makes you to the point where you feel like you're going to die. Well, like, I never really noticed anybody's pain from this until I seen her pain, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, eventually, like, I told her, like, look, I got kids. I got, like, I got a life I'm trying to live. If you ain't going to stop doing this, I'm done with you by this day. If you don't stop doing heroin, I'm done with you. So that day came, 
and she ain't stopped. So I cut her off, stopped talking to her. You know what I'm saying? I loved her and shit, but I don't want to be with no drug addict who didn't tell me they was on drugs and tricked me, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, so basically I cut her off. But when I cut her off, like a couple of weeks went by and she was calling me every day. Like, I love you. I love you, blah, blah, blah. I love you. And then she was like, and then, um, I got a call from her father and he was like, yo, they just found uh Shalanda dead in the bathroom. When their dad called me and told me that he had found her dead, it was very disturbing to me because I really had loved this girl a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I went over there and they was pulling her body out on the stretcher. And I was like, just and she had a son, you know what I'm saying? And um, he was like uh by he was by his uh self. He ain't had no father already. He, the father was already gone. And I was just like, damn, you know what I'm saying? And I just thought about it and I was like, I was like, man, I'm, I'm like, I was like, I'm never selling drugs again. I was like, As, by this certain day, I'm never going to sell drugs again. I came up with a date and it was like two, three months away just so I could straighten all my affairs out. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, that date came and I never, I, I never sold drugs again. I changed my entire life. You know what I'm saying? But it was because of her and seeing like the death and the destruction and feeling it myself. See, because everyone's out here selling drugs and like they're not seeing the effects. They're not the feeling it directly, yeah. Yeah. so they don't understand the that what people are feeling. Yeah. When I felt it directly, I was like, I don't want nothing to do with this ever again in my life. You know, good for saying? you, man. So I let it go. So you want to talk about the? Tell me more about the Rise Conference. Whatever you want to ask, man. So you said what day is it? First off, uh, June sixteenth through the eighteenth. Already locked everything in. Pretty much. I'm um, just curious. Uh, what are so are you selling tickets to this event to people? So it's going to be uh, 1,200 seats. We're going to start selling tickets uh, probably in about two weeks. What are you selling them for? Uh, so we've got we've got general admission. It's going to range anywhere from 1,800 bucks to 9,800 bucks. 9,800 bucks would be like front row. Table. Okay. Front nice. row. Front row, VIP access. Makes sense. A lot of perks. Yeah, yeah. I get it now. Right, well, I was wondering. I was I was thinking about. I'm I'm always thinking about money shit. Like probably. How, yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking like how the. I know the point is to bring people there and and get the message off. Yeah. Everything has to make sense. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Exactly. Or at least balance out. You yeah. Know what I, mean? um, I have a question for both of you, and I want to like see your opinions about it. How do you maintain like a healthy relationship with people that you actually like are genuine with when you're busy? I think what I've done right is I've found. I've had to align myself with people that are equally busy, right? Because I'll tell you what happens, right? Like like just today, I got in the office this morning super early, and it's been nonstop. Right. It's been nonstop. Like I've been call after call after call after call after meeting after meeting after meeting. I get text messages, and I get this, and I get that. And the only people that truly understand. People that are going through the same thing. That are going through the same thing. Everybody else that's not going through the same thing. You think you just are avoiding. You think them, you're just care. sitting around. I don't know, posting on on social media, and that's just not. It's just not true. Sometimes I even make a joke about. it. I'm like, dude, I just don't sit there and post on social media. I actually, I actually do this shit, right? I actually, actually run a company, companies. What I've found to be very successful, as I've as I've evolved, as a as a as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, is that is is I've I've started to surround myself more with people that have similar levels of busyness, if not more, because they they just respect the fact. Actually, it's an interesting thing is I was texting last night with a friend of mine. He's 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 in the B club. Bill, he's in the billion billionaire oh, club, right? So I was texting with him last night, and he's helping me on on some stuff. I immediately feel gratitude that he's taking the time to respond to me right very few people you you text me i respond to you right um but you also appreciate and i appreciate when you respond to me right that it's like hey man the guy's busy dual reciprocation and he's taking the time to respond but if i didn't have that level of understanding that that this is just how busy you get and and to be honest with you and i'll be honest with, with all you guys is probably three to four years ago i didn't realize just how busy busy is, okay? Because I, I work harder today than I did five years ago right, okay, when I had no money. But the level of, of busyness and the amount of traffic I get with calls and emails and text messages and decisions that have to be made on a constant basis, 
is a tremendous amount. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? So I think what happens is when you surround yourself with the right people that are like-minded, that are dealing with the same thing you are, there just they're just kind of evolves this level of appreciation yeah, amongst you. I agree with you. And um, basically, it's the same thing. Like, when I started surrounding myself with people that have shit going on and made my friends people that are busy and have things to do, it didn't matter if they didn't. we didn't link up for a week or two or something. Mm-hmm. When we did get together, we'd go out, have something to eat, have a drink, we talk when we can, and the respect was still there. But all the people that have nothing going on, because they choose that, they are the ones that are uh, mad at you and salty at you. Mm-hmm. And also, like he just said, uh, somebody in the B Club. Right now I have two people that, are, that I talk to also um, that are billionaires. One of them's from Ohio and one of them's from down here. And uh, I, I, I know exactly what he's talking about when he says he feels the gratitude that mm-hmm. they're willing to give some advice mm-hmm. or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? It feels, it actually feels crazy that in my phone I have many successful, it feels good to know that I have people like Vic in my phone or people like the couple billionaire guys I got or the 20 millionaire people I have in my phone. Yeah. It's a good feeling to know that you have these type of people and connections. So, and the one billionaire I have at, um, actually, I used to go around him all the time, and I was like, I didn't even want to ask him for his number. He finally asked me for my number one day. Yeah. And this guy has a $60 million jet, lands at his house in helicopters, and, you know what I'm saying, it's crazy, crazy money. You know what I'm saying? And he asked me for my number and started – he's actually been texting me about the greatness stuff <laughs> a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then the other one was a, a guy in Ohio, and I did some political – he was running for uh, – he was running for um senator in Ohio. Yeah. He's a billionaire dude in Ohio tried to help him do some political stuff. We still talk all the time. It's, a, it's, it's crazy to, it's crazy though. Cause the, cause like one of the oldest things people say is the, the people you surround yourself with, that's who you're going. You're, you're the average of the seven people you hang out yeah. with. If you, if you start adding billionaires to the equation, average goes up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said average it right. goes up. He said it right. Yeah, yeah. Average goes up. So then, and then also just other people that you genuinely have uh feelings for or care about, like probably, your girl or your kids or things like that. You you try to like do your best to uh, make them feel loved and appreciated. I know I try my best to make my family, my children, everybody like those type of the direct close family. I try to make sure I set that little bit of time apart for them. Like in the morning, I try to make sure I see my kids at night. I try to see my kids mm. at least one or two days out the week. I try to see them for a couple hours. So I try to make sure no matter what, that time happens too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like last thing about like relationships in general, would you in, like be friends or get in a relationship with someone that has the potential? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think I think you have a a, a, a responsibility. Anybody that reaches a level of success has to have a responsibility to say you're going to you're going to help the next generation. You're going to pay it forward, right? Not even the next generation, dude, maybe the same age as me. I think greatness sees greatness, right? Like you, you have to be able to have lived it yourself to be able to see it in others. I 100% right? agree. Cuz they're cuz if they're just fraudulent and pretending they want to do something you're going to see that quick. If they're trying to put that real work mm-hmm. in and do something, you're going to see that quick. So if somebody says, hey, man, I'm trying to get here like you. I want to do this. I want to be like this. And they start saying all that type of stuff. But everything that goes along with them is bullshit. I mean, it's they've pretty much let you know who they really are. But if somebody's genuine about those feelings and really trying to do that, you're going to see that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can see it. And those ones that you can see. That you see that they're real about it, those like he said, those are the ones that you 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 have responsibility if the, if it's the right situation to try to give them some game. Yeah, I see it a mile away. The fakeness. I see it a mile away. It, yeah. I'll, well, I think, huh? How do you see? Like, how do you recognize that? Well, I think it's uh, it, you can. I don't know how I do it, but I I can just. I can just perceive that the person is not all in. You know, like I've I've hired people or I've had people come to me and say they want to do a business or whatever that whatever it is, and I can just perceive that they're not all in, that they got one foot in and one foot out. And it's not it's not anything they say, it's not anything that they do, but I think it's something you perceive. And I could only perceive it today because I've gone through enough experiences in my life that I know what what it should feel like. Bam. Right? It's like it's like it's like finding true love. Uh, I agree. Well, with you me. can't recognize true love unless you've 
experienced true love at some point, right? And you've also experienced all the fake love. And you've experienced the fake love so too. So, the, yeah. Between. So you can see it. You can see it because you've experienced it. Because you've experienced it, you know, hey, you shouldn't feel like this. It just doesn't feel right, yeah. right? And a funny thing was, it was I was when I was on the, on the boat, um, my, my billionaire friend was, was telling me about a deal that he walked away from. And I was like, and he was telling me all these things. And he just said, yeah, you know what? We walked away. They put hundreds of thousands of dollars in this deal. And he said, you know what? That I think the day before or two days before they were going to close on the deal, he goes, I walked away. And I was like, why'd you walk away? It just didn't feel right. It just didn't I feel didn't right. So he good. didn't say this guy did this or this person said this or this happened or that happened or there was a there was a crash in the market, nothing. He said it just didn't feel right, right? Now that doesn't come easily. That comes through years and years of hard won experience. That's where that comes from. You're not 19 years old with that level of experience. Seriously. And that's why the, the older you get, if you keep grinding and you keep working your craft and you keep showing up, you'll you'll eventually get to that point where you just start, it just kind of flows. Yeah, you sense it, it just kind of flows. And the funny thing was, he was like, look, we walked away and literally like, uh, several weeks later, the market crashed for whatever the the thing that they were doing just crashed, and it was like it was the best deal that we never did. So I, but I think that only comes through experience. It doesn't. It doesn't. You can't learn that shit in MBA school. You just so can't. You do advise people uh, like based on experience of like how they feel to like back away from. Things. Absolutely, I don't think people pay enough attention to that. I really don't. I think society's conditioned everybody to not give everyone a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give everybody a chance. Stupid. Give everybody a third and fourth chance. And, don't do it. And and not listen to your spidey sense, as I like to call it. Like we all have spidey sense, and people don't listen to their spidey sense. They 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 all of a sudden start to become reasonable about it. Well, that doesn't matter because remember when you watch movies or or documentaries about the girl walking down the alley and she was and the, and she gets mugged or 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 attacked or whatever. What does she always say before she walked down the alley? I feel I felt that it was just wrong. Ah, and still did it. Foolish. But you still fucking did it. Relationships the same way. I just knew something was wrong. But I got married anyway. I did that shit. I did it. I'm I'm a victim of it. I'm you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I'm a victim of that from where I was like, I didn't listen to what I knew I should do or shouldn't do. Like my spotty sense was like, dude, don't get involved with that relationship. Mm -hmm. Just don't do it. Walk away. I didn't do it. I thought I, I, I became reasonable and I, I converted this spotty sense in, in this intuition into some logical answer, which was just bullshit. And if I go back through my life and I look at every single thing that ever happened to me that was wrong, I always knew right before that that was the wrong person, thing, item, whatever you want to call it, to get involved with. I always fucking knew. I always knew. I second that. Yeah, always knew. So so gotta, society gets you to condition to get out of that thinking and you shouldn't. You got to listen to your instincts, period. You're a fool if you don't listen to your instincts. And now that I operate that way, I'm like, if I don't feel good about something, I just don't do it, dude. And that, you know, that here's the other thing too. This is why you want to work so hard, right? You want to work hard because you want to have choices and you want to have freedom because sometimes there's people that have to do business with somebody that they get this feeling that they shouldn't, but they have to right. because they're not going to be able to feed their family or their business is going to suffer because they're doing business with somebody. They, they decide not to do business so with somebody, but they should. To be able to say no. <laughs> yeah, you got, well, you got be successful enough right, to be able to be like no, that's the, that's the key because if you're not successful enough to say no you have to take you have to do things you don't want to do then you're limited in choices man and you just you don't have that freedom so you know you got to get yourself in a position where you have choices for who you want and don't want to do business with period what do you mean like back then, let's say before you became like successful, or, like on your way up, you felt like you had to work with someone because of the deal or. Yeah, absolutely. Because I didn't have, I didn't have autonomy. I didn't have full autonomy. I didn't have full, full freedom of, of, of where I was going and what I was doing. Now I was, I was, I was manning my own ship, but because I was still kind of climbing up the mountain, right. Um, I was like, oh shit. Okay. Well, let's try this out. You know, and it became less and less. Don't get me wrong. Every day, every month, every year that went by, 
it became less and less and I had more choices, right? Because you're moving towards optimum choices. So every single day it gets less and less and less. But yeah, there were times where I had to get involved or I don't want to say had to get involved, but I was reluctant to be involved when I didn't want to be, right? Or socialize with people that I didn't want to socialize with. Whereas today, I just don't do any of that. Like, if I don't want to hang out with you, I don't hang out with you. I don't have to hang out with you because I'm in fear that um, I'm going to lose an account or that I'm going to suffer in some way financially or whatever. I just, I don't operate that way anymore, right? But five years ago, I, I, I wasn't at that, right? I wasn't like fully Vic, if that makes sense. I get it, brother. So we should tell greatness about how we're going, one of the themes of the RISE event and one of the main targets is getting is educating or helping people to live their max life. Yeah, so, you know, there's this concept about, you know, living your best life and then there's this concept about living your max life. At the RISE event, what we're going to be teaching people and showing people is is how they can live their max life, right? Because right. people think that they're they're doing well living their best life. Their best life is really just middle-class thinking, right? It's like, well, my business is big enough. I'm not Instagram the biggest. Shit. Exactly. My business is big enough, but it can't withstand an economic blow. Right. Then you're not bulletproof. Thanks. Right? So at the Rise event, the thing that's going to separate us amongst everybody else is we're going to teach you how to be bulletproof. We're going to teach you how to live to your max potential as opposed to just getting by. Because you can always right? take it a step too bigger everyone pretty much exactly that yeah, yeah. you you might be here you might be making a couple million dollars or whatever but it's but it's never you still could take it bigger you make it mm -hmm. bigger but some people have fear of being successful whoever has that fear is uh yeah there you go <laughs> i got no comment on that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i fear success well stay yeah. your stupid ass in the house and fucking watch tv all day then exactly and live vicariously through other people. Thank you for listening to the Vic Tipness podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more business advice and motivation to help you reach and surpass your business goals.